Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend. I'm Jason Godby. And I'm Chris Gillard. And we're here at Soundhouse Audio in the studio with another edition of Indie Film News, where we talk about the stories and issues affecting indie filmmakers and content creators. Chris, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's been a minute. Spring has sprung. Indeed. It is about time. I saw leaves coming out on the trees, and I was just so happy. I saw the ice cream truck. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I saw him already. He you saw the Mr. Softy truck rolling yeah. around? That's a, that's like the first sign of spring, spring in, New in New York. Yeah, man. Uh, Mr. Soft, and then we got Game of Thrones yes. coming back. I know you're a big fan. Yes. Um, so I saw the first episode. You know what I love about it now? Remember how we were told when the, the show was first going mm. that I was like, there's no way I'm going to keep track of all these people. Right. There's so many people. Yeah. Now everybody's coming together. together. Yeah, there's so many because so many people have died now <laughs> and... Everybody's like concentrating at a couple of key locations. Yeah, everybody's yeah. coming like now. Like everybody's coming to Winterfell and, and King's uh, Landing. Yeah, and the reason I mention this is because you cannot, you cannot be on the internet without seeing some Game of Thrones content. Something, yeah. Um, and I want to do a story at some point. I want to talk about content creation as it relates to somebody else's content. So there's right now. So Game of Thrones is is an interesting example because it's in the last season. Right. So if you're a content creator and your content is about Game of Thrones, yeah, no, that's that's been a lot. I've because I I watch some of the YouTube channels and stuff like the Game of Thrones shows or you know channels and creators and stuff, and a lot of them are talking about it. They're like you know. You know what people are wondering what and some some are saying that they're just going to shut their channel down. Yeah, I mean, what are they going to unless they you know they find a new thing or yeah. you know it's like maybe they'll pick up on Westworld or maybe they'll you know because well, and you know they've got you know and some of them are saying you know there's they've already confirmed that there's going to be some spinoffs. Yeah, I'm sure, um, but you know, like I I, I was just because like on one hand, okay, so you've got this major. Like Game of Thrones isn't just a show. Like I, I want to say, like seventeen million people watch yeah. this season, which it now is unprecedented. Because like if you get five million people watching one show, that's a lot. Nah, that's a lot. Yeah, you know. But se- like over ten, yeah, over fifteen, that's a phenomenon. Yeah, uh, especially in today's day, especially with a channel you have to pay for. Yeah, exactly. This is not network television. No. It's not TV. Yeah, it's HBO. And again, that's just counting the the legal views because it's, <laughs> it's also again it's also the most pirated show in, in right right because people bootleg this stuff yeah, people like instantly uh, like they grab pops somebody else's torrent sites like immediately so and, and people also grab other people's passwords and yeah. stuff for like HBO Go or HBO Now yeah so uh, you know it's a it's an interesting question to say like if you have if you have a channel as it relates to somebody like now. Of course, there's like Game of Thrones is a big one. Star Wars, um, I don't think Star Wars is in danger of going extinct anytime soon. No, even though we're coming up to the last chapter, uh, coming up that is Episode Nine. Right. So, but you know, there's going to be uh, new movies and and they have a new series that's going to come out, yeah, Disney like, Plus, and all that kind of stuff. So they're not going to let that die. Yeah, there's because there's there's such a big world there that's been created over the years, and there's so many stories well, that can be told. It's interesting because is it a big world or do we just want to see the Skywalker saga and do we just care about that? Because like after the, like I don't know after the last one I was like yeah all right <laughs> you know like yeah. you know um, I don't know if I need to see uh, 
like this there was like the solo movie and rogue one and all yeah. these little like which yeah. are technically just more prequels right um but like it's never gonna die like right. there's gonna be star wars content probably for the rest of our natural lives Yeah, that's what i'm saying i mean whether, whether we want it or not is another question <laughs> but it's gonna be there yeah I mean, like 30 <laughs> years from now we're gonna be sitting around uh maybe we'll be doing the uh uh, Chris and Jay get old show, right? Um, but like the there there will probably still be some kind of you know Star Wars going on, yeah. but like you know Star Wars Marvel movies all this stuff there is um, there's a whole uh, segment of content that is just based on that content and right. you know the question I want to propose and, and maybe this is a show but like is that a good idea for your like if you have if you want to do a YouTube channel if you want to do you know, if you want to do web content, is it a good idea to base your content on somebody else's program? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what your goal is. You know, if you're if you're looking to make a long term living off of it, probably not the smartest idea. If you're just doing it purely for the geekdom of it and yeah. because you love it, you know, then well, like recently, Mark Bernardin. I don't know if you know Mark Bernardin, but he does a podcast with. Um, with Kevin Smith, right? It used to be called Fat Man on Batman. Now it's called Fat Man Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a writer. He's a television writer, and uh, he's been doing some great work lately. But he did recently a podcast on, I think it was Battlestar Galactica, okay. where he watched the shows with I think one of the stars from the show, uh-huh. and they went and like talked about it. But once that was, once they watched all the shows, uh-huh. that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Okay. But it was meant to be that way, right? You know, so you that is pure geekdom, right? You know. But for these other people who are trying to make a living, try to have longevity, um, you know. I yeah, no, it's not a great plan if you're if you're like trying to create a long term, you know. Because again, once that piece of content that you're based on ends, your content ends. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people do it, and then even like there's somebody uh, there's a YouTube channel called Got Academy, G O T Academy, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of like they do all of their content basically based on Game of Thrones. They've branched out and done other stuff stuff because. Of the space between seasons, right? You know, it was yeah. like what was it like it was a year? two years, yeah. It was two years. yeah. So it's a, it's a long time between seasons. So they were trying to come up with content not based on any of the episodes, right? So you know they were doing like psychoanalysis of every character, yeah, and yeah. like history and how you know. The, there's a lot there. You can yeah. do a lot, but uh, I mean, at, at some point you're reaching, reaching, yeah. You know, but you know there are people who are into that though. There's a big enough community of people who are, you know, yeah. These guys have a successful Patreon. Oh yeah, you know, so they, they, that's and what they're doing. Like they make like these little five ten minute like mini documentaries on like these minor people who were like tangentially involved in you know. Yeah, what what is the, what is the psychoanalysis of Theon Greyjoy? Yeah, yeah, you know, and being emasculated. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you know. Um, but anyway, it's it's an interesting like, phenomenon. I want to, I definitely want to explore at some point. Where yeah, we talk about you know all these different channels based on uh, other people's content, like Star Wars content, or uh, you know, because I, I think Collider they have a, a healthy, uh, they have a lot of podcasts and a lot of videos, and they have two, possibly three different Star Wars shows. Wow. In addition to the movie show where they talk about movies, where they also talk about Star Wars. Wars. Right. Uh, so there's no end to it. There's really like, you're going to get this kind of content. And then, you know, the other the other problem is if you're doing this, so you have this known IP, right? Right. Like people are Googling. Right. So it's like, oh, people find my content because I'm doing some, I'm doing Game of Thrones content. But then you got to compete with all the, the other Game of Thrones content. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is uh, a healthy number of, uh, of channels. Yeah. 
Seems like there is a lot of cooperation among them, though. There's, yeah, I mean, there's they, a, like they, you a know, bit of a censored community. Yeah, like and I watched one that was like a, it was like three of like the the top Game of Thrones creators, and they like joined together and did like a, a oh, virtual really? simulcast of like their breakdown of the first season episode. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. The, my my the other question is: Do we need this content? Do, do we? I, you know, do nobody need... needs it. No, <laughs> nobody needs. Do it. Do I need every episode explained to me? No, nobody um, needs it. But there's there's people who are gonna watch it. Who you know, whether they need it or not, they like it. And the, what what uh, is also interesting and kind of is like uh, amazing to me is the work ethic that these guys have because. You will see a recap either the same yeah, night or the, same the next night. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like these guys are set. This is what their world revolves around. Yeah. Um, no, it, that simulcast. One of the ladies was in the UK, so it was like four o'clock in the morning where she was. <laughs> oh my god! You know, like, uh, you know, this this show is hard enough. <laughs> this is a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and then you're kind of dependent on whatever the show's schedule is. Please, yeah. Um, but like, um, you know, I've seen stuff, and it happens with movies too, like with Star Wars movies or big, you know, movies. Where you're seeing stuff where it's like, so the movie hasn't even opened yet, and there's a review. Yeah. Because they see it early. Yeah, yeah. And then by the end of the first weekend, you're seeing the spoiler review. By the next weekend or the same weekend, you're seeing the ending explained. You're seeing like all this stuff, and it's like, dude, I haven't even seen the, the movie, movie yet. yet. Yeah. It's, it's only been open three days. Right. Like, I suppose in, in the Hollywood world, they expect everybody to go see a movie opening weekend, and they that's their. That's their basis of like everybody. Yeah, we just right. have to. Our, our assumption is everybody that sees a movie as soon as it opens. Spins, right. You know, but right. you know, for most people like us, like when's the last time you went to opening weekend movie for a movie? Um, almost nothing. Yeah, because and if it was, it was something so Marvel. The theaters are so crowded. It's like, yeah. Eh. But then I'll if wait. you if you don't go opening weekend. Then you have to like put blinders onto well, the internet, you, yeah, because you you know you don't want the movie spoiled well, for you, you know? yeah. Um, which is another thing that, that's I think it's another reason why Game of Thrones does so well is because the internet content ratio is so high and because there's so many shows about Game of Thrones, right? That if you don't see it when it comes out, like say you waited a week before, mm. like you is like oh I gotta wait till next weekend I'm too busy Sunday night, right? There's no way Wait. you could avoid the internet that long, long yeah, uh, without being spoiled for that show. It's true. It's uh, true. Anyway, we're going to move on here, but I just thought that was an interesting tidbit and something everybody's thinking about anyway, so I thought yeah. you know, we'd talk about it on the show. Definitely. Um, so what, what do we got for our first story? Uh, first up, we got the NAB show, Las Vegas. Yes, yeah, so uh, we talked about it last time, uh, NAB show. Um, now, NAB show is a big uh, Las Vegas. It's the National Association of Broadcasters has a big show. They have it twice a year, one in Vegas and one here in New York. I usually go to the one in New York because we don't have a budget to go to Las Vegas. Right. Uh, but the Las Vegas one is gigantic, and uh, there, there was a lot of gear coming out this month at the NAB show. Uh, and we're talking about we're gonna just talk about a couple of items. So because if you're a, like a gearhead and you have internet access, you probably know about a lot of this stuff already uh, because it happened a couple of weeks ago. But here are a couple of standouts, uh, and I also want to preface this by saying we are not sponsored or endorsed by any of the following products. Uh, just as in case of you're now, wondering. as of now, if if, if any of these people want to uh, reach out and give us money, uh, call me. So uh, the first one is going to come from Black Magic Design. We've been talking about them a lot on the show, and I'm hoping to get some gear from them to review. I think they're doing some really interesting stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and I like 
what I like about them is is how responsive they seem to be to the community. Right. Especially to indie filmmakers. Like they're trying to get these cameras in the hands of people because there's there haven't been you know, with especially with their bigger cameras like the Ursa Mini and the Ursa um the Ursa Mini Pro and the Ursa, they haven't um there's no big movies that have been shot on them yet. Right. But I think that's just because a lot of them haven't gotten out of the community out to the filmmaking community in terms of you know, Red and Alexa are still the big ones, and right. then Canon cinema cameras, and then you know, so they have a lot of competition out there. Right. But they're doing a lot of good things. So uh, right now, they just released some new tech, uh, both on the camera and software side. And also, got to remember that you know, Blackmagic Design is mainly a software company. Right. The cameras are not the, their the first thing. You know, they they came out with cameras after the software. Right. Uh, but they are the makers of uh, DaVinci uh, Resolve, mm-hmm. which is probably the number one color coding, uh, color correcting mm-hmm. uh, program in on the planet right, right. now. Right. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about a couple of their things. If you want to know more about them, you can always check out their website, Blackmagic Design. Uh, as of the recording of this show, all of this stuff should be on there. Uh, the first new edition, they it came with a new addition to the pocket the pocket cinema camera 4K. They've added a new battery grip. Now, according to their website, the new battery grip allows you it lets lets you to replace the camera's standard LPE6 battery, which is the same battery that goes into uh, a Canon DSLR like the 80D, uh, with two L series batteries, and you can shoot for over two hours on a single charge. That's perfect for anyone who wants to shoot for extended periods of time. Uh, featuring a unique carbon fiber design, non-slip hand grips, and a slide-out tray that holds two of these L-series battery batteries. Uh, the pocket battery grip also makes it easier to hold the camera for longer shoots because it makes it a little bit bigger, a little bit chunkier. Right. The L-series batteries, now these batteries are the ones that you find in professional lighting equipment. You can even change batteries with the grip uh, and use a 12-volt DC connection in between takes, which is nice. Um, it's a great solution for anyone who's uh, been complaining about the battery life because uh, notoriously, well, because these cameras do a lot, they tend to eat batteries. Um, and that sure. was the problem with the original Pocket. Like if you want the little, which was actually a pocket-sized camera, it was a little tiny camera. Right. With that camera, um, you know, if you were going out for a full-day shoot, you had to have at least a half a dozen little batteries with you. Right. Um, and at that time, I think they took like the little Nikon camera batteries. So uh, the battery life, I think, in this one was a bit better. But now they they're they're moving. They have this battery grip, which is great. But normally they take the LPE six batteries, which is a Canon battery. It's the same battery that you use in the ADD. Right. Uh, and the L series batteries are for Sony cameras. So if you bought the camera thinking, oh, I can just use my camera batteries, now you got to pick up different uh, batteries. batteries. Um, I mean, it's great news if you're a Sony guy and you already had a bunch of these L series batteries lying around. Right. Um, it's. I don't think it's a tragic flaw, but it is curious that they just didn't make the battery pack for the batteries that the camera already holds. Right. So you know, that's weird. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Um, so the, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be something, especially with that that camera does so much, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great little camera. I think it's going to really be a major player on the market and probably the next edition of it will be even better you know because my thing is never buy the first one of anything thing, yeah you know yeah. always because the first pocket camera had its problems now this one is much better sure uh, if there's another and they're probably doing firmware updates and stuff to make it even better right um but the battery pack is great but just realize if you thought you were going to buy the battery pack and put your canon batteries in it 
these are different batteries. So they've also, in addition, they've upgraded on the software side. I don't know if you've ever used DaVinci Resolve, but there's a new version of DaVinci Resolve, I believe it's DaVinci Resolve 16. And uh, it's really become, like I said before, it's the, it's the industry standard for color correction. Every colorist uses DaVinci. Now they've added new features on the editing end. They put out a free version. Now this is what's interesting is about this. This is free software to download. They have a free version, they have a paid version. Okay. And the free version is actually quite robust. You can do a lot with it. You can do all the color correction stuff, and you can do the editing stuff. And uh, there's a paid version that you can do even more, more stuff. stuff. So when it first came out, when DaVinci first came out with this, uh, my buddy said, you should download this and try it out. Because I was, I was moving from Final Cut 7. Because mm-hmm. uh, Final Cut 7, uh, they had just upgraded to Final Cut 10. Right. And Final Cut 10 really wasn't like there yet. Uh, it wasn't where it is today, obviously. But so my, my friend was like, hey, listen, man, da- download this DaVinci software. It's got an editing program in it and try it out. It might be the solution to your problems, and it's free. So I tried it, and the first version of it was okay, but it was a little buggy, and I actually lost an edit doing it. Oh, right. I and think I, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, so I, I was like, eh, I don't think I'm going to do this again. And then I just bought Final Cut 10, and I've been working in that ever since. Right. But... This new one, I think, is going to rival Final Cut Pro and also and Premiere, because you can do so much in it now, and the and the way they've set up the editing function is really simpatico with the color correction function. Okay. So you can do a lot in the editing pro in the editing software, and a lot of it is very similar to what you'd find in a Final Cut or a Premiere. And you know, if you're a content creator or if you're looking for new editing software and you don't want to shell out three hundred bucks for Final Cut, or if you don't want to shell out the monthly subscription fee for Adobe, right? this this could be, a, be a, an option. Yeah, it could be a very popular solution um, because it's it's got all the bells and whistles and it doesn't cost anything. All right. Um, there's a paid version, like I said, it's more robust, but uh, they've added a bit of new... Um, like oh, how much is the paid version, do you know? I don't know off the top of my head, but okay. we should we should look that up. But actually, you know, I don't think it says. I looked on the website and they okay. didn't have a, a price for it. Interesting. Uh, so maybe you have to like inquire, inquire about it. Inquire, yeah. yeah. But I don't think it's something like for, if you're an editor and not a color correction, like if you're not a colorist, right. I don't think you'll need it. I think you'll be fine mm, with this. With what? Yeah. And even the stuff that's free on the color correction ed is pretty amazing. All right. Um, and if you got to go beyond that, then just hire a colorist. colorist right. <laughs> you know? It has a lot of cool features. They just also came out with a new piece of hardware for it, this new keyboard for it. Mm. So, like, if you've ever seen those big, um, if you go to a, if you go to a, a digital, um, what do they call them, like digital intermediary, or if you go to a colorist's office, right. they have these giant keyboards with little wheels and whatnot on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not that, but it's the like the home game version of it. It's got a little wheel on it. It's it's very cool. This mm-hmm. new keyboard that they've got. They've also had several other products, but like I said, check out the website. It's all there if you're if you want to get into that. Uh, the other one uh, that caught my eye also was the people at Aperture. I don't know if you know Aperture, but they're a lighting company uh, and they're becoming very very popular. All right. And they came out with these new pocket size. They're called the ALMX. It's a new pocket size light, and it's designed. This is according to their website. It's designed with a metal build and SMD LED bulbs. Uh, the ALMX is most durable, powerful, bicolor LED light, and can easily fit into your pocket. It packs a 128 SMD LED bulbs uh, into a credit card size pocket panel with both CRI and TLCI ratings over 95. 
and a wide 120 degree beam angle that outputs 3200 lux at 0.3m the possibilities for this light are endless. Now, I don't know what any of that means, in case you're wondering. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not really quite sure what all those initials stand for because I'm not a lighting person, but I have seen uh, Aperture's video on it, and these lights are really cool. Like, they're little tiny, like like little lights the size of a, uh, now they say credit card, we just say size of a pack of cigarettes. Right. But, like, uh, they'll go on the camera. Like, you can put them different places around the set. That's cool. Uh, they also came out with this other light, at, which looks like a, can't remember the name of it uh, per se, but it looks like an ice cream cone. And they have this scanning software where you can scan a color and the light becomes that color. So That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, there was, there's a, uh, I'll give a shout out to Al, Altoa. Uh, Altoa is a, a it's a, a channel on YouTube. Uh, Altoa Visuals, it's called. And there's a, a gal named Kitty who is the host of that show. So she's got like purple hair, like lavender color hair. Okay. And they scanned her hair. And made the light the color of her hair. So you could put the, and these are, again, these are lights that you can kind of put anywhere on a set. Right. And you can color whatever you want. It's um, crazy. And they also have an app system whereby it's got, like, I believe it has, like, its own Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. Where you can link all the lights together. So it creates, like, a network. It's like a right. network of lights. Like, and you can do the uh, whole just thing all of them. Yeah. via their app. I worked on a set recently where they had that. And it was, like, these. Really? Yeah. And it was, um, but the lights were, they, they were rod light. They looked like fluorescent lighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had, like, uh, several sets of them. Like and, Kino Flows. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all controlled from an app so you could like make them all bring them all up bring them all down we are living in the future brother yeah it was crazy it, um and uh you know so for you you gaffer geeks out there and, and you grips uh check that stuff out um i was interested in it i you know i i don't know in comparison like how affordable this stuff is i don't think it's very affordable yeah but <laughs> it, it's the type of thing where um you know even you know, like it's like everybody wants their own cinematic universe. Right. This is a lighting universe. universe like right. if you get all of your light, you know, and that's I I'm assuming that's what Aperture wants you to do. They want you to buy all Aperture lights and have them all linked all together. together. Of course. And then you can, you know, put everything together on an iPad right. with their app and just and control, control everything from wherever on the set you need to be. They do that with sound too, like yeah. for live systems and stuff. Absolutely. I was working on a system like that last night. Oh really? Yeah. Like I was I took my iPad and controlled the whole I could they just have a little box that you plug all the mics into, and I open up the app on my iPad, and I can like sit wherever. You walk around and see yeah, what it just, sounds like. Yeah. And stuff. I I saw that I saw somebody doing that in a system at a, at a club. Well, uh, like a, it was like a rock club, and this guy was doing that with right. uh, the, the, with the different. Uh, and I was just like, "How are you doing that?" It's like magic. Yeah. You know? um, and you don't need a snake. You don't need. Yeah. So it cuts down the amount of wires on set, which is nice. Yeah. Time will tell how durable it is, and yeah, how long it lasts, and, lasts, and yeah, you know, and what kind of uh, like does the what kind of support does the company offer when stuff does go wrong? Yeah, and, and does it, um, it does the network? How strong is the network, or what do you need for a strong network? Like if you're in a certain type of location, do right. all your lights not work? Right, because you're trying to do everything wirelessly. Right, uh, we we were both talking before about the the. The Mac bl- plug-in, the the Mac Bluetooth keyboard. Right. And we both use plug-in keyboards. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they eat batteries, and you know, yeah. and we tend to use the bigger ones because we're both, uh, you know, working on editing and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, what 
you know, but they, they seem to be really on top of it. They seem to be a company that's like really um, listening to the user community yeah, yeah. and uh, and they are innovating all the time, which is really cool. Because this light that they that I just talked about, these little ALMX lights, that's an upgrade from their previous and they they did that in response to the user community. That's they, cool. You know, they were like, "Hey, can you do this?" And lo and behold, they so did they it. They did it. All right. What do we got next, my friend? Uh, next up, we got the film festival deadline report. It's coming up on a new month, so it's a time for another one of those. Another film festival deadline rundown. Okay. Yes. All right. So um, we do. So we I I scour the internet. Actually, I just look at filmfreeway.com because that's where they all are. Right. Um, and uh, these are all like in the gold category. Usually, Academy Award qualifying festivals. Uh, there's a ton of festivals on there. Film Freeway is the company. I believe they bought Without a Box. Without a Box was was big, and then mm-hmm. Film Freeway. I think purchased them or they remarketed to Film Freeway. But anyway, we're gonna try and give you a quick, swift, yet entertaining rundown of all these different festivals. And the first one I'll give you is Holly Shorts. Holly Shorts is a 15-year-old fest out in California. Uh, lo and behold, hence the name Holly, Holly Shorts Hollywood. Uh, uh, they are uh, an Academy Award quality, qualifying film festival. They accept films that are 40 minutes or under, uh, including commercials, music videos, student films, virtual reality, web series, etc., etc. They have two deadlines coming up in May. Their late deadline, which is May 17th, and their extended deadline, which is May 31st. So if you're applying this month, it's probably going to cost you a little extra because, you know, usually the later the deadline, the more money it is. It is right. um, but, you know, they're a festival where if you have a short film and, you know, you're, you think it's, you want to get it in contention for like an Academy Award, it's a great festival too. It is very, very prestigious. Like I said, 15 years running. All right. So next up, we have the New Orleans Film Festival. Uh, the New Orleans Film Festival is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. Nice. Yeah, their late deadline is May 10th. Uh, they accept shorts, features, and episodic series, including a couple of special categories for films made in Louisiana. And that festival takes place on October 16th through the 24th. Yeah, so it's all coming up now, like springtime. Yeah. Uh, spring submissions bring Both fall, fall flowers. flowers. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Like they bring fall festivals. Yep. Um, all right, next one we got on the list is Indie Shorts International Film Festival. Uh, do you love Indiana in the summertime? <laughs> I have been to India. I've actually been to India. Have you in really? Summer, in the summertime, once. <laughs> I've flown over Indiana a couple of times, but I've never been there. Um, I... Is it nice? Is Indiana in the summer nice? It's yeah, it's 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 a very you know it's nice in a midwestern kind of way. Yeah, it's I I mean well it, it is, is it is it's the midwest what it is yeah. you know. Um, so they um, if you happen to like uh, Indiana in the if you happen to have a short film and you like Indiana in summer you'll want to submit to the Indie Shorts International Film Festival which runs from July 25th to the 28th in Indianapolis, Indiana. Go figure. Yeah. Um, their extended li- deadline is May 5th. So a little bit of time to submit, but um, the cool thing about this fest is they give cash prizes to winning films. So That's what I'm talking make about. Some right of, make some of that money back yeah, when you submit right? your short. For real. All right, next up, the Portland Film Festival takes place from October 14th to the 20th in Portland, Oregon. Uh, seven years running, this is a very prestigious film festival. Their late deadline is May 29th. Again, another late one. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, usually with film festivals, like, you, hopefully if you strategize, ho- and the sooner the better. Like, the sooner you get your film in, 
Uh, but yeah. don't forget, as we learned uh, from uh, Jason Stefaniak from the Brooklyn Film Festival, mm-hmm. you can ask for discounts and fee waivers. If you can email, like the, usually when you look on the websites, you'll see the programmer, uh, who's ever programming shorts, who's ever programming, uh, you know, either docs or narratives or whatever it is. Send them an email and see if you can get a discount because a lot of the times they will do it. Um, all right, so the next time we got the next up, we got the uh, AFI Fest. AFI has been running for 33 years, and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences recognizes AFI Fest as a qualifying film festival for the short film category. Their official deadline is May 3rd, so this is you can get in there pretty early with this one if you yeah, get in there. Yeah, it's coming quick. up soon. Yeah, uh, and the event takes place in November from the 14th to the 21st in Los Angeles, California. All right. Doc NYC is the largest documentary festival in America. It's been around for 10 years, and it takes place right here in New York City from November 7th to the 14th. Their late deadline is May 3rd, so get on that one right away. Yeah, definitely get uh, hop in there. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Flickr's Rhode Island International Film Festival. For 23 years, Flickr's Rhode Island International Film Festival has been running in the beautiful, uh, beautiful city of Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, the fest uh, it has a ton of categories. I look, there's a long list of categories, so be sure to submit for the one that that fits your film. Uh, the fest runs from August 6th to the 11th, and their regular deadline is the 15th of May. So you can get that one in there. Yeah. Got got a little bit of time. time yeah. But uh, you know, move on these quick quickly. Kids. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on to international film festivals. First of all, we have the Cork Film Festival. Uh, it's the longest running film festival on our list for 64 years. The Cork Film Festival in County Cork, Ireland. It takes place from November 7th to the 17th. And I hear Ireland is lovely in the winter. So their regular deadline is April 28th. Yeah, so you got a couple of de- a couple of days for that one, but uh, you know, get it in there quick. Yeah, um, uh, I, I don't know if Ireland is indeed uh, lovely, lovely in the, the winter. winter. It's probably oh. cold. <laughs> I would imagine oh. if, if it looks anything like it does on Game of Thrones. I was going to say Winterfell is Ireland, man. So is that we, up in Ireland? Yeah, that's Northern Ireland. That's where they shoot it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't know if Ca- I don't know if County Cork is in the north or the south. I don't know. Um, but uh, sixty-four years running. Yeah, that's a long. That's time. a long time. Uh, so it very. I mean, it's probably hard to get into. Uh, so make sure your film has got the stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Um, yes, you so got it. Also across the pond, we get the Rain Dance Film Festival. The Rain Dance Film Festival's regular deadline is May seventeenth. Uh, the event takes place in London, uh, London, England. That is. Uh, from September 18th to the 29th, and uh, there, this is another Academy Award quali- qualifying film festival, and it's rated in the top 10 of international film festivals. Very prestigious festival. All right. Uh, next is the Fantasia Film Festival. Uh, up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, the Fantasia Film Festival has been showcasing international cinema since 1996. They were included in Movie Maker's Top 50 Fests worth the entry fee in 2018. Uh, the extended deadline is May 2nd, and it takes place from July 11th through August 1st. Well, which is probably better to be in Montreal in the summer. Yeah. Because I know Montreal gets yeah. cold. Um, I've been to Montreal in the winter. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, it is amazing jazz, but so much snow. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, that's right. They have the, the jazz fest up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, this has been your Film Festival Deadline Report. We do this at the top of every month, or at the bottom of every month, leading into the top of every month. Yeah. Let us know if you want to hear more of this stuff. Um, we hope it helps, um, but it also should just serve as a general reminder to, if you're looking to do the Film Festival Circuit, get your stuff out there. Yep. Um, these are, We tr- tend to choose the more 
prestigious film festivals right. uh, in addition to the ones we've covered. And we've covered quite a few festivals in the past year that we've had a show. And we've covered Soho International Film Festival, the New York Television Festival, Bushwick Film Festival, Brooklyn Film Festival. The recently covered the Bowery Film Festival. And uh, if you're a creator looking to submit to festivals, these are episodes that you want to check out. Um, we Absolutely. Go th- yeah, we, we basically review the festival and think about, like, who's it right for? Do you want to be here? Now, by and large, because we are in New York, we do New York fel- festivals, mainly because we don't have a travel budget. Right. Uh, hopefully we will, um, by, by next festival season, we'll get uh, to go some places. But definitely, these are you know the, the ones that we're talking about on the Deadline Reporter wants to check out, and then check out our, our analysis on these. So in, in April, we covered the opening night of the Bowery Film Festival, which we talked about uh, on the show in conjunction to the Katra Film Series. So uh, Joffrey Guerrero, he was just on the show, and uh, he's the co-founder of Bowery and also the founder of Katra. Uh, and you can find the coverage of both of those on the, on the website, uh, norestoftheweekendpodcast.com, along with his interview. And uh, so this... Um, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now, uh, our own Alaria Malvetse was interviewing filmmakers uh, the opening night of the Bowery Film Festival, and I was also there. I got to chat with uh, John Campbell. Remember we did that episode when we talked about the infamous future documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, John Campbell, that was being screened as part of the Katra film series. Uh, they just did like a special screening of it, right? and that's what I went to go see, but he happened to be there at Bowery okay, supporting the other filmmakers. Nice. So I did an interview with him, and I thought for you audiophiles out there who don't watch the film festival or watch our content online, we would be we would give you the audio of that. So here's the audio of that interview. Hi, it's Jason Godby here at the Bowery Film Festival. I'm standing with uh, John Campbell. He is the writer and exec producer of Infamous Future, a documentary I saw screened, which you heard about on a previous indie film news episode. So uh, John is here supporting the filmmakers. I thought I'd grab him for a few minutes. John, thanks. How, how do you feel to be here tonight? I am so happy to be here supporting Barry Film Festival, Jeff, and just all these amazing filmmakers. This is amazing to be here tonight. I think it's a great little film festival. I think Katra is great as well. So you guys did a special presentation of your film, Infamous Future. For those who didn't catch the, the broadcast that we previously did, tell us about the Infamous Future. So it was a Katra film series that actually presented us uh, as our Brooklyn premiere. And that actually happened uh, about two weeks ago. It was amazing. The Infamous Future is about Eagle Academy. There are six locations of Eagle Academy in the state of New York, as well as Newark, New Jersey. Um, And it's really for black and brown boys. And really what Eagle Academy Foundation and what the principals and educators are doing for these amazing young kids, over 3,000 of them and uh, over 900 alum at this point. And in the movie, you follow the story of one of the boys. Uh, Tell me about him a little bit. So Joshua Perez, who's an amazing student. And so Joshua pretty much is someone who has been um, doing really well for himself. He's now at Nazareth College. But we kind of follow him in his final year at Eagle Academy. Uh, And it pretty much puts us in a position where we kind of see his vulnerabilities and his challenges, but the success of him all getting all the way to uh, graduation. And we also follow his mother as well. Um, You know, his journey is her journey. And the journey of many mothers in New York. 
it's a great story because a kid like that is supposed to be a statistic, yeah. and he's not, which is great. And uh, we talked a little bit. I asked you a question when we did the screening. I asked you about distribution. Where are you guys on, on distribution right now? So fortunately, we've had some great opportunities. Uh, there's been about, I would say, four or five uh, good offers that have been coming in. So we're still negotiating. That's as much as I can actually say at this time. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be in some good hands. I hope you guys do get a wide release. Like I said before, yeah. like I hope kids in Omaha get to see it as yeah. well as Brooklyn. You yeah, know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, that, that's the plan, actually. I really want to make sure that we can uh, get this as far as possible. Not just America. Actually, outside of America is important as well. Just so that the reflection of what is going on in New York, which is one of the most popular and famous cities in the world, uh, just so that people all around the world can hopefully get an eye on what's happening with some successful young black and brown boys. So if people want to know more about Infamous Future, where can they find you on the web? Okay, so the first thing is www.theinfamousfuture.com. Um, that's the website which has the trailer, it has the press, it has all the details. Um, the second thing is uh, on Instagram, we are at The Infamous Future. And on uh, Twitter, we are at TIFDocu, which is the initials of the documentary, TIFDocu. Uh, we're planning on having John on the show, hopefully very soon, uh, so look out for that episode. All right, what do we got next week? Next up, we got Creators of the Week. Yes, Creators of the Week. So um, this is, uh, do you like the title Creators of the Week? Uh, I'm looking for, uh, I want to get these spots down. It would be cool if we had like little theme music and things like that. I want to make yeah. it, uh, you know, more poppy. Uh, we had, uh, we I think last time I used uh, Crowdfunding Corner mm -hmm. or something like that, and, and this would be like, so creators of the week, I want to be like the spotlight, right? You know where we spotlight yeah. different people. Sure, I like it. Uh, yeah, it, it could work. If so, right? if so, yeah, if something better comes, it'll come. Yeah. So if you have a better name for this, kids, uh, let us know. You can tweet at us at BTR Productions or uh, send us an email, uh, which I will give you later in the show. So first, we have an update on someone who's been on the show a couple of times. We interviewed her at Soho. And uh, we also had her in the studio for an interview. Had a great time. Did some promos with her, uh, Marissa Vitali. She is a terrific lady. She, now she's got a new project that she's producing. She's not acting in this one, okay. but she's producing this one uh, with writer, director, actor Mark Barkowski. Uh, it's a film called. It's a short film called Hungry Ghosts, and it's about the the opioid epidemic in America. It deals with both addicts and families of addicts. So Hungry Ghosts is a man's desperate search. This is coming from their press release. Mm. Hungry Ghost is a man's desperate search for his drug-addicted wife that forces him to live with his own demons and die with hers. With support of the Philadelphia Film Commission and the Harrogate Boxy Gym, Hungry Ghost is well on its way to shine a light on the opioid epidemic. The film goes into production in June, uh, and they're looking to do the festival circuit, um, and they plan to make it to Sundance, so they're, they're trying to, to get it into Sundance. All right. Um, for more information on that film, you can follow the uh, writer-director, Mark Borkowski, at, on Instagram, at Mark J. Borkowski, B-O-R-K-O-W-S-K-I. Then uh, Marissa also, she has another film called Carbon, right. and that's just been chosen for the Breaking the Lens Initiative at Cannes Film Festival, which is pretty sweet. Uh, she's very excited to head to Cannes. Uh, we'll have more on that project as it develops, but... Uh, if you want to follow Marissa, you can go to her website, marissavitali.com, or 
You can follow her on social media at Marissa Vitale. Uh, and of course, you can catch my interview with her on episode 415 of the show. And then we have another one uh, coming up. Yeah, Sam and Pat are depressed from Undead Burrito Productions. Uh, I love the name of the production company. I know. People it's have awesome. such great names. I, know. Uh, I thought Behind the Rabbit was, was clever. Uh, but uh, I like Undead Burrito yeah, Productions. Definitely. Uh, so, um, Brie Castellini, who has been on the show uh, from right here in Brooklyn, she, is, uh, she was on one of the early episodes of the show. She was on like one of the beta test episodes, like first season All right. of uh, No Rest of the Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's uh, we had her on the show. She's the community director for Cerebral.com. Okay. Uh, and she has an award-winning series called Sam and Pat are Depressed. And it's back for season two. All right. Uh, the first episode premiered back in March, and it's exclusively on Starable and Sika TV. The web series Sam and Pat are Depressed follows depressed roommates Sam and Pat, played by uh, Bree and uh, her partner Chris Cherry, uh, respectively. Sam, she's Sam, he's Pat. They help each other navigate the inherent awkwardness of therapy through profanity, humor, and takeout. The second season will uh, cover complicated emotions around going through medication, mansplaining to your therapist, and more. Uh, the series is available on Starable and Seeka TV with new episodes each and every Monday through May 20th. Uh, the stars and executive producers Brie Castellini and Chris Cherry have also launched a companion podcast called Brie and Chris are Depressed. Uh, <laughs> it's a comedy mental health podcast. That's part of the web series discussion, part mental health discussion, part advice. Uh, the podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Radio Public, uh, wherever you hear podcasts, wherever your preferred pos- podcasting app is, and we'll turn for a second season later this spring. So that's a clever idea. Yeah, it really is. You're going to wrap up uh, shortly here, but uh, we got a preview of some upcoming episodes. If you haven't already, uh, please check out this week's episode with Kenyarda Wright. I don't know if have you ever met Kenyarda or so I don't think so. If you catch the episode, so Kenyarda has been in the industry for a while, and she has become she has networking events, okay. uh, and uh, she has this event that she does I think quarterly, mm-hmm. um, and it's a paid event like you have to pay to get in, which is rare right. for these network. But she is great because she, the she gets a great mix of people. And uh, she's like a networking guru in and of herself. All right. Uh, so we have her on the show talking about tips for networking, for filmmakers specifically, and different strategies, little tidbits. I learned stuff when I was w- when I was doing the interview. Okay. And I'm thinking, you know, I've been doing this for a little while, so if I'm learning stuff, yeah, you know, which is great. So she's going to give k- tips on networking, and then coming up next week, we've got Stephanie Bloom on the show. Uh, she's a star of the film 2050, an indie sci-fi film. We covered the premiere of that back in February on Valentine's Day. So check that out. Um, we spoke to her. We spoke to the director and several of the other stars in the movie. Right. Uh, that stuff's available on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Behind the Rabbit Productions. Nice. And we talked to her about movies and her career. And she gives actors some great tips. You know, we talked about, like, so in this movie, 2050, uh, if you haven't caught it, she plays uh, what is essentially a sex bot. Okay. It's like set in the future, and people create their own mates. They're called e-mates. Nice. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I think this is, I don't know if it's, I don't even think it's going to take 30 years to get to that point. Probably not. Uh, because they already have some of these things. So, it's interesting. We kind of talk about that, and we also talk about, you know, the, are you, you know, are you afraid of getting typecast as a sex bot? You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, because, and, you know, talking about, like, sort of leaning in and, like, 
you know, so if you are getting cast for looks or if you are getting cast for to play these sexy roles, do you capitalize on that? And do, right. do you make it a thing or do you try you, not you fight, to get, you fight against it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she talks about it in an interesting, very frank, very open way, which is really cool. Um, but uh, check that out. That's going to be next week. And check out Kenyatta's episode. And if you haven't already, like I said, check out uh, Joffrey's episode and stuff about the Contra film series. Yeah. If you're a filmmaker, if you have a short film, you're looking to come to New York. Katra is a great thing because they screen all the time. It's a series, so it's always running, and then they have finalists. So if you you screen, you make it to the final thing. Uh, you can be a finalist. They give away cash prizes, which is really cool. Oh, nice. uh, they ha- and and like they have sponsors like Canon gives people a Canon every uh, people a camera every year, nice. uh, like stuff that you can really use. Use uh, right, and it's That's very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So we're gonna wrap up, but uh, Chris, before we go. Uh, where can people find you or find out more about Soundhouse on the web? Uh, you can find me at www.sound-haus.com or on social media at Soundhouse Audio. And uh, yeah. Have Mike Will Travel. Absolutely. Uh, Chris does all kinds of stuff here in the studio. Uh, it's great if you want to record your podcast. Uh, it's great if you want to uh, throw down a demo if you happen to have music ambitions. Uh, for the film industry, he also does ADR, he does onset sound, and he is a, a magnificent composer. Uh, to see his work, you can check out btrp.nyc because a lot of our films are scored by yes. Chris, uh, particularly the last two. Uh, if you check out The Last Hit, uh, which is all sound design and all music, that's all Chris's work, which is pretty amazing. And if you look at the original carnation of this show, Norris the Weekend, the web series, he um, he's interviewed on there about the music and, and how we came up with all that stuff. Uh, it's the making of our film, The Last Hit. But anyway, uh, thank you. Thanks again for having me, man. And yeah, I always man. love bragging about you. But uh, I do want to say um, we're trying to do more of these indie film news segments, and we will keep you updated. We're looking to launch a Patreon pretty so- pretty soon, so you can support us on there. Uh, if you want to uh, contact us, I'm going to tell you how to do that right now. But uh, thank you for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. As always, for more episodes of the show, subscribe to this space, whatever space you happen to be listening to this on. And uh, for more information updates, always visit the website, norushfortheweekendpodcast.com. And if you're a filmmaker and you have a project that you would like us to talk about, send us a press release. It's got to be a real press release with real writing on it. Uh, not just, dude, I got a show. show you talk about, about it. it. Um, you know, like, dude, I got a movie. No, it's got to be like something that we can talk about, just like the, you heard me read before. Those are that, that copy is from stuff that people sent me. I'm not doing write ups of these people's shows because I haven't seen them yet because uh, they're, they're new. So send, send us a press release. Uh, to, send the email to info at behindtherabbitproductions.com. Be sure to include the words press release so I know what it is when I get it. And in the subject line, uh, say press release and then also the name of the project. That would be helpful. And if you have questions about filmmaking or about the show, you can always email, you can email or you can tweet at us at BTR Productions. Or you can find us on Instagram. We're now on Instagram at No Rest of the Weekend. And we'll do our best to answer any of those questions on our next show. All right. Once again, I'd like to thank my host, my co-host slash producer, Chris Gillard. Thank you. And for Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.